Welcome to Engage, Elevate, and Empower, the new podcast for Community School District 7 in the South Bronx. Find us online at csd7bx.org. Hi, my name is Rafael T. Alvarez, and I am the superintendent of Community School District 7. The vision of our district is to empower, engage, and inspire students, leaders, staff, and all community members in a safe and inclusive learning environment. Sandra Cisneros, born December 20th, 1954, is an American writer. She is best known for her first novel, The House on Mango Street, 1983 and her subsequent short story collection, Women, Howling Creek, and Other Stories, 1991. The House on Mango Street. The children had always been promised they would one day move into a real house that would be theirs for always, so they wouldn't have to move each year. The House on Mango Street is indeed their house, but it isn't the house of their dream. Let's see what happens on the house on Mangle Street. Enjoy. The house on Mangle Street. We didn't always live on Mangle Street. Before that, we lived on looms on the third floor, and before that, we lived on Keeler. Before Keeler, it was Paulina, and before that, I can't remember. But what I remember most is moving a lot. Each time, it seemed there would be one more of us. By the time we got to Mango Street, we were six. Mama, Papa, Carlos, Kiki, my sister Nini, and me. The house on Mango Street is ours, and we don't have to pay rent to anybody or share the yard with people downstairs or be careful not to make too much noise. And there isn't a landlord banging on the ceiling with a broom. But even so, it's not the house we thought it would get. We would get. We had to leave the flat on looms quick. The water pipes broke and the landlord wouldn't fix them because the house was too old. We had to leave fast. We were using the washroom next door and carrying water over in empty milk gallons. That's why mom and papa looked for a house and that's why we moved into the house on Mango Street, far away on the other side of town. They always told us that one day we would move into a house, a real house, that would be ours for always, so we wouldn't have to move each year. And our house would have running water and pipes that work. And inside would have real stairs, not hallway stairs, but stairs inside, like the house on TV. And we have a basement and at least three washrooms, so we could take bath and we wouldn't have to tell everybody. Our house would be white with trees around it, a great big yard and grass growing without a fence. 
This was the house Papa talked about when he held a lottery ticket. And this was the house that Mama dreamed up in the story she told us before we went to bed. But the house on Mango Street is not the way they told it at all. It's small, red, with tight steps in front, and windows so small you think they were holding their breath. Bricks are crumbling in place, and the front door is swollen. You have to push hard to get in. There is no front yard, only four little elms, the city planted by the curb. Out back is a small garage for the car we don't own yet, in a yard that looks smaller between the two buildings on either side. There's stairs in our house, but they're ordinary hallway stairs, and the house has only one washroom. Everyone has to share a bedroom. Mama, Papa, Carlos, Kiki, me, and Nini. Once when we were living on looms, a nun from my school passed by and asked me play, and saw me playing outside. The laundry mat downstairs had been boarded up because it had been robbed two days before the owner had painted on the wood. Yes, we're open. So as not to lose business. Where do you live? she asked. There, I said, pointing up to the third floor. You live there? There. I had to look to where she pointed. The third floor, painted, peeling, wooded bar Papa had nailed on the window so we wouldn't fall out. You live there? The way she said it, it made me feel like nothing. There? I live there. I nodded. I knew then I had to have a house, a real house, one I could point to, but this isn't it. The house on Mango Street isn't it. For the time being, Mama said, temporary, said Papa, but I know how those things go. Everybody in our family has different hair. My papa's hair is like a broom, all up in the air. And me, my hair is lazy. It never obeys barrettes or bands. Carlo's hair is thick and straight. He doesn't need to comb it. Nini's hair is slippery, slides out of your hands. And Kiki, who is the youngest, has hair like fur. But my mother's hair, my mother's hair, like little rosarette like little candy circle, all curly and pretty, because she pins it in a pin curl all day. Sweet to put your nose into when she's holding you, holding you and you feel safe. Is the warm smell of bread before you bake it. Is the smell when you make room for you, when she makes room for you on her side of the bed, still warm with her skin and you sleep near her, the rain outside falling and Papa snoring. The snoring, the rain, and Mama's hair that smells like bread.
boys and girls. The boys and the girls live in separate worlds. The boys in their universe and we in ours. My brothers, for example, they've got plenty to say to me and Nini inside the house. But outside, they can't be seen talking to girls. Carlos and Kiki are each other's best friend, not ours. Nini is too young to be my friend. She's just my sister, and that was not my fault. You don't pick your sisters. You just get them, and sometimes they come like Nini. She can't play with those Vargas kids, or she'll turn out just like them. And since she's come right after me, she is my responsibility. Some days, I will have a best friend, all my own. One can... One that I can tell my secrets to. One who will understand my jokes without having to explain them. Until then, I'm a red balloon, a balloon tied to an anchor. My name. In English, my name means hope. In Spanish, it means too many letters. It means sadness. It means waiting. It is like the number nine, a muddy color. It is the Mexican records my father plays on Sunday mornings when he is shaving. Songs like sobbing. It was my great-grandmother's name, and now it is mine. She was a horse of a woman too, born like me in the Chinese year of the horse. Which is supposed to be bad luck if you're female. But I think it's a Chinese lie, because the Chinese, like the Mexicans, don't like their women strong. <laughs> great-grandmother. I would have liked to have known her. A wild horse of a woman. So wild she wouldn't marry. Until my great-grandfather threw a sack over her head and carried her off. Just like that. As if she were a fancy chandelier. That's the way he did it. And the story goes she never forgave him. She looked out the window her whole life. The way so many women sit their sadness on an elbow. I wonder if she made the best with what she got or she was sorry because she couldn't have all the things she wanted to be. Esperanza. I have inherited her name, but I don't want to inherit her place by the window. At school, they say my name funny as if the syllables were made out of tin and hurt the roof of your mouth. But in Spanish, my name is made out of a softer, something like silver, not quite as thick as my sister's name, Magdalena which is uglier than mine. Magdalena, who at least can come home and become Nenny. But I am always Esperanza. I would like to baptize myself under a new name, a name more like the real me, the one nobody sees. Esperanza as Lisandra or Maritza or Zeke the X? Yeah, something like Zeke the X will do. Day. My name is Janet. I have a question for you. Do you know how your name came to be yours? Also, do you know the meaning of your name? A nice activity to do when you're gathered with a few people is to ask everyone about their name. For example, as I mentioned earlier, my name is Janet. It's spelled J-A-N 
N-E-T. The story I know about my name is when I was born, the nurse asked my father, what is her name going to be? My father answered, Janet, J-A-N-E-T. The nurse asked my father if he wanted to make me special and unique. My father, of course, answered yes. The nurse then said, add an extra N to her name. And today, my name is Janet, spelled J-A-N-N-E-T. Also, my name means God is gracious in French. Hello, my name is Iowa Aponte. I am the parent coordinator at Young Leaders Elementary School, PS369, in District 7. My name story. My first name is Iowa. Yes, it is pronounced like the state. It was given to me by my dad. He played a very important game in the minor leagues. In Iowa, he fell in love with the place, all the greenery, all just the peacefulness of it. And my mom was expecting me. And when he got back home, he told her her name is going to be Iowa. And they decided to spell it with an A in Spanish with almost all the vowels. And that's my name story. and I am parent coordinator at District 7. Good things. I once heard an old man say, shaping vases out of clay into subtle forms sublime. Listen, son, good things take time. All my life I've thought of this when a task was lacking bliss, when the work seemed awful tough and I thought I'd had enough. So I've give a little more to what sometimes seems a chore. And you know, without a doubt, Good things always came about.